I love microdosing. I love microdosing. Yesterday, I needed to go practice my drums and I popped a little microdose gummy and I'll tell you what happened. I drummed for about a good two hours. That's fabulous. Yeah. I was looking at our new roof, hoping that it wasn't going to leak and I got some anxiety about it. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a gummy just to calm down so I can go to sleep and not worry about this. And I did and I had a great night's sleep and I woke up and there was no leak. I've noticed a change in you for the, a positive change. I like to hear that. Yeah. I feel like your mood is like very centered. I'm sleeping much better. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just that right amount of good. And you can get 30% off your first order plus free shipping today at microdose.com promo code pants. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com promo code pants for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com promo code pants. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Losing it. Losing it. Woo. I felt like I was kind of losing it when I was watching this episode. Why? So it fits. Why? Logistically, there were some things that oh. got under my skin. Are you about to rip it apart? No, no. We'll get... We'll, you had some logistical problems? I had some logistical issues. However, uh, <laughs> we'll get to it when the time comes. Okay. I'm excited. You know, it was funny when we were <laughs> on my couch watching this. You you said you started laughing because you were like, I love when you're writing something down when I'm not writing something down because you're noticing something I'm not noticing. Yeah, I love it. And vice versa. I love it. It's in the details. We write simultaneously at times and I think shit, yeah. we're both picking up on the same thing. Right. But that's okay. I mean, that just means it's obvious. Also, right. my notes this week, I can't decipher. So... I'm going to have to remember, I, what is this writing? What was wrong with me? Oh I said to you, are you going to be able to, are you going to be able to read that? It's like chicken scratches. It'll come back. And you said, yeah, I'll be able to read it. I think I was trying to get so much down that I was like, oh yeah, I know what that is. And now I'm like, what mm -hmm. the hell is that? Well, you know, there's, we can always hit the pause button. I'm more than happy. I hit the pause button when I'm at home just so I can finish a thought down because it moves too fast for me sometimes. It's a fast show, Kate. You got to keep up. <laughs> oh, well, Losing It was directed by Clement Virgo, and it was written once again by Miss Guinevere Turner. A.K.A. Gabby. Correct. And this is episode six, or if you're watching Hulu, it's episode seven. I'm just going by the titles to keep track because of the... Uh, I'm still on the pilot being divided up into two. Everyone knows your system at this point. Okay, so we're in Detroit, Michigan, mm -hmm. a sandwich shop. There's a manager and two girls that work at the diner. This whole scene felt very much like an outtake from Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like where even Amy Heckerling was like, maybe this is going too far. Yeah, or like a porn, the beginning of a porn. Yeah, I was trying to be nice with the Fast Times, but oh. yes, it was very pornish. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and I even even thematically, when it connected to the episode, it wasn't that big of a reveal. No, I didn't care. It was just like, yeah, my friend got fired, you know, or something like that, right? Yeah. You just gave away the spoiler. It was a stretch. Yes. This one, I think they they could have done better. Sorry. Yeah, this wasn't, my, this wasn't my favorite, um, cold, my open. favorite cold open either, by any means. And it just felt... It felt grimy and very male gazy, and I wasn't into it. I know that was the point, but I didn't dig it. Um, so he watches them make out, and then he like whacks off mm -hmm. behind the swinging door. Okay, so that's over. We're back at um, a nightclub, and guess who's there? You're there. Many thoughts. Uh, many so thoughts. many. First okay, of all, ahead, the guy who plays the guy who plays um, Harry Samchuk is Chris Kattan's long lost brother. Seriously. Why didn't we ever, I don't know why I never thought of that 20 years ago, but I thought of it the other day. 
And good thing Harry is on drugs all the time because the reveal is that Shane is a girl where he has been mistaking her for a boy all of this time. And you look nothing like a boy. I know now, you're androgynous, but you're, I don't think now, you're. Now, here's the thing. I've, I, to this day, I'm, I'm still called sir. To this day. No, I know. Time, I've been with you when it's happened. Right. But it's not, but it's never with someone who gets up in my face and is encroaching on my personal space who is still calling right. me sir. It's like it's someone usually, who's like looking down and not really paying because you have a deeper voice and like. Precisely. I got called sir yesterday when I went to the jewelry store. I had just come from uh, working out the and jewelry I had a mask store. on. Yeah, I had to get a necklace sized and okay. uh, and I had to get a ring sized. But anyway, you know, mm-hmm. I looked the way I look and I had a mask on and I was called sir. I'm I a care. six. <laughs> You're a six? Well, depending on the, the finger size, I was doing my pinky. Oh, I was doing my marriage. You're definitely not a. You're not definitely not a six in the pinky. I think you're no. a three. No, I don't have giant hands. No, but anyway, so that's the big reveal: is that he thinks Shane is a boy, and he's just gobsmacked that he just wants to take you home and do like oxycotton in his little bullet. <laughs> and he even says to 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 Clive, Shane's you know long lost brother, although he's not his her brother. They just look alike. Is Thank God you brought him. Like Harry. And Clive's like, come on, she's a girl. Yeah. What is this he just scene about? To, is it just I really just supposed to like set up your prostitution yes. history? Okay. No, I think it no, I think it's supposed to set up the the because he does say, um, um uh well no, he does say, I want I want you to I I'm gonna send you Sherry Jaffe. So this is sort of the the groundwork to bringing Sherry Jaffe in in a couple episodes later. Oh, right? that's so true. Is, yeah. But but we do learn about her that history. That is true. Like He's she, the, the only way Sherry Jaffe could get there. Right. But we find out okay, that she so was like doling out hand creep. jobs for six months and mm-hmm. that she's a junior assistant shampoo girl. Um, right. Okay. Let's talk about that. First of so all. There we go. Now she okay, has so millions and millions of dollars jobs. and lives in this multi-million well, dollar home. And is... I know, but that's 20 years later. We are where we a... are right now. Okay. You, you're, you're the shampoo girl, which mm-hmm. I think if you're in a, a junior hairdresser, you do get to cut hair sometimes, don't you? You tell me. Your or sister you is the do... one who cuts hair. Right. But I know like if you go get your hair cut and the person has an assistant, they like, uh, they do shampoo you. And also... But- they blow, I think, blow your hair out if you're into that. And they like, uh-huh. sometimes they'll, like, if you go to a really fancy place, they'll like part your hair for the hair cutter. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. they like prep your head. Um, but my question is, why would he, I mean, listen, it's the L word. Everything's always a stretch here, right? But he says, I'm going to send you Sherry Jaffe, some big high profile girl or woman um, to come and you, so you can cut her hair. Like, how does he know if Shane's even good at her job? Good at hair. I know. Well, he likes your look. He likes your style. He also might be sending Sherry Jaffe just to, um, you know, because she'd be into it. Right. Girl on girl style. Right. Okay. Like, it might not be for a haircut. No, you're good. You're very good. You're very good at rationalizing this. Thank you. Because in the moment watching it, I thought, if she's a junior assistant shampoo girl, then what, what 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 where's the where's the lineup but you're right you're absolutely right there is that possibility everybody has to start somewhere you know yeah you started with hand jobs then you that's shampooed right. and now that's right no you're a multimillionaire. yep yep Vidal Sassoon it's the American dream really it is <laughs> it is I wonder what made you stop giving hand jobs at six months like what yeah, hit you why and, six like, months you were like you know what do you think she gave herself six months and said, no, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, only give man jobs for six months. And then I'm going to like transition out of it and, you know, find another line <laughs> of work. I'll reassess it six months if I'm happy <laughs> Exactly. <or> not. <laughs> <laughs> also, doesn't he say something to you like, well, you must be good at those or something like I'm just picturing oh, Shane oh, giving goodness. hand jobs and my head is not happy with it. Like my brain is like, no. Alicia, I don't want to imagine that. From Alicia, 
even back then, when I found out Shane used to dole out the hand jobs in, in the car, <laughs> it would pop in my brain what the visual would look like. And I thought, I this is just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been something else like you could have just like stripped for them or so i don't know like so there you didn't have to touch them it's so uh, so intimate you know really. I, you know can i say what i actually i i rewatched american honey recently and there's that scene uh-huh. in the film where she gives the guy the hand job in yes. the oil fields yeah the and oil. she's so fully disconnected but he's into it and all he wants to do is get off and she knows that's what she has to do to get yeah. the money and so right. i actually oddly enough thought a little shane watching that and i thought oh maybe that's what it looked like maybe that's what it looked like except you're in los angeles you weren't in the middle of a true i was on santa monica boulevard oh my god anyway all right (laughs) moving on on. that's it's a lot it's a lot to take in it is okay so then we're at tim and jenny's tim is he needs to box because he's mad can I say my favorite, testosterone. My, one of my favorite moments in this episode is while he's boxing, we go to Bet and Tina. And for the first time, at least from my knowledge, Bet is finally asking Tina what she wants. Oh. She wants a okay. Slurpee, but she's actually saying, what do you want? Right. Do you well, need that's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. And Tina's like, thank God I've been waiting for seven episodes to be asked that question. Can I say that I think this episode was sponsored by 7-Eleven? Why? Because, first of all, I need to talk about Bet's Slurpee. She's supersized. Okay. It's really big. It doesn't look she like She also doesn't give it to Tina. I know you were excited that she went to get Tina something, but she ends up on the porch. That's right. With Tim. She never hands it over. That's right. So by the time this scene is over, for sure it's melted. And Bet would never drink an entire giant super gulp of sugar right. water. Yes. So Tina one didn't get it. And Bet didn't even drink it. Well, because Bet is spending her time over at the home of cheating and despair, um, she's revealing to Tim, or she lets it slip out, that um the affair she, she that's knew. been that's been happening has actually been going on longer. Not only that she knew, but it's been happening longer than what he suspected. I know. And that's a shitty reveal for someone. Ugh. Like you think you've heard the worst and there's so much more to come. That sucks. I've, have you ever had that, that actually happened to me? It happened to <gasps> me that, too. It happened to me. And it's a horrible feeling where it it's, just. The betrayal stacks on so big. Yeah. Yeah, and my you can't came years later. It. I healed through the cheat. I it was a whole like, oh, mine I forgive came. you, blah blah blah. And then like three years later, it was like a waterfall of my, information. I think I think mine came while I was still processing it. Like the like the like the shock of it had happened, but maybe five months, six months later, I was still in it, and I was re- more information came out. And was that the one it, I told you about? <laughs> See, no. I didn't pull a bet. No. no. I was a good friend. Well, yeah. I was like, but pull over. I've got to call my friend. I, anyway, the second I, I vis- heard it. I viscerally felt for Tim. I really felt <laughs> yeah. for Tim in that moment. I I had sense memory. Um, okay. But I, like so that, then- but I do like, I do like that Bet and Tim are friends. I'm not too sure when that friendship occurred, but I like the Well, dynamic. they're neighbors. It's a neighborly friendship. I I don't, I barely know my neighbor. I know Very my neighbors. Nice. I don't sit on the stoop with them and shoot. I the mean, shit, I'm not. But... I'm not. I'm not telling Wayne. You know, crazy things that his wife could be up to. Right. But like you I said, it's the L word. Right. Okay, so then I think it's the next day. We're on the side of the road with Jenny. Here we go. Okay, can I say something about this, please? This is like Jenny. And <laughs> first thing I thought, it's like this is Jenny's rendition of the journey of Natty Gann. Oh. All she needs. Have you not seen that movie? Classic no. 80s film with Meredith Salinger about a little girl who's going to find her father. Anyway, no, all Jenny needs. This is my man Katie's favorite movie. Natty Gann's a great movie. Katie. All Jenny's missing is a wolf because a wolf befriends Natty in the movie. I just want a wolf next to Jenny on the road, and boom, there's the remake. Interesting. 
Yeah, Katie said that that's that's the uh, that was a huge movie for her. Also, side Great note: movie. guess who who was also up for the part of Tina? It's interesting you brought her up. Ah, it was Meredith Salinger. It was between Laurel Holloman and Meredith Salinger. Yep, did bit. Okay. How did you never see Natty Gann? That's in your generation I don't know. too. No, it. Mm. You were too busy building boxcars and having a childhood. I was just watching movies. Right. Yeah. Anyway, she's on the side of the road and um, she's writing poems. Yeah, Jenny looks like she belongs on the cover of an Alice in Chains album in this entire episode. It's a good good reference. I like that. Yeah, she's Jenny's in a music video. In this episode. Yeah. First, we go back to Bet and Tina's house because Bet and Tina are on their way to New York City for a big party that's going to um, honor Bet, right? For the CAC or something don't you like love, that. Don't you love Bet's airport outfit? I didn't notice it. Mm. I noticed something else. What did you notice? I was just thinking, wow, that's a solid airport outfit. Like she'd really dressed up to fly? Yes. I respect that. I love anybody who dresses up to fly because everyone looks like. Hell warmed over. Everyone looks. Yeah. I'm sorry, but flying has gotten so gross. What were you going to say? I was going to say that's the most impatient car service. They ring the doorbell. (laughs) I swear to God, it's like nine times. It's so inappropriate. It really bothered me. Well, I really if, wanted Bet to open the door and yell. Well, if Bet had ordered an Uber and was dawdling for too long, the Uber would have taken off. They would drive. Yeah, they drive. We didn't have Uber, Uber back then. I know. But my and God. And Tina's not feeling well. Tina's sort of like having some sort of, it looked like contractions. How pregnant is Tina? I still can't try <laughs> I don't to think she's having contractions. <laughs> Bet's like, it better boil some water. No. Well, she's. Remember, she's she goes to stand up and she says, oh, I got to sit down. She goes, oh. It sounds like a, I think sounds that's like a just contraction. Okay. I think it's just something's growing inside of you. Okay. Okay. So then we get to meet your roommates, which we were so wow. excited about because first wow. of all, I was in the scene and I remember being in that scene for some reason. And those girls, I think those three girls are used a couple of times. I believe they were in the pilot talking about everyone's finger size. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're coming up with a, uh, a, a name to name a a and a very tasteful name called Twat the Night. Yeah. I thought it was good. I mean, I could, I believe it that there'd be a night called Twat. Okay. But your roommates, they don't match like your, I don't know, they don't match <laughs> the energy fields. No. I was surprised. And I don't yeah. think I even put together back then that those were Shane's No, you roommates. did. No, you did. I did? Yeah. I have I a vague remember. memory of you saying, why the hell was I shooting a scene at the planet all day with your three roommates and you weren't there? God, it sounds so negative. It's called a job. No, you... <laughs> that does not sound like me. No, you did. Why you the genuinely Because you didn't understand the, 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 the logic behind that. Huh. And we and you also commented because I had not met them yet, or had we met them? Maybe we met them in the pilot. Anyway, they were in the pilot. They were at the party, right? And I, I recall also you commenting about how Shane would never like these are not the people Shane would room with in a one bedroom apartment. Well, one bedroom—that's really the key here. That's the best part of the whole story. And Lisa the Lesbo is back, and so are your eyebrows, by the way. They are. They're starting to appear, which made me really happy. And again, Leash, yeah. it, you talk about this non-existent brother and sister. And I know a lot about them. They have names. They have <laughs> also have children. So I have nieces and nephews. Why did that get dropped? I don't know. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this up to Marja. I think we need to meet them. Maybe that's boring, but it seems kind of fun to me. Honestly, I, I think him. it's been, it's too, I don't know if anyone even acknowledged the Cares. fact that, I don't think so, because this is only mentioned in the first, what are we, in the seventh, sixth episode? Yeah, I don't no, think it I gets addressed that. again. that. You can mention something, but but much like they love to do on the L Word, you bring something up and then you drop it and never talk about it again, right? We noticed yeah. that through 
the entire series. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you can't bring it up. Like I could have a niece or a nephew that's in their late 20s now. Mm -hmm. You could could be fun. It could be a fun character. Who knows what they're Mm -hmm. like? True. Just a thought. Just a thought. Ladies, we can all bond over this one. Imagine a bra that you actually want to wear. They're hard to find. We all know it. We've been through how many bra brands? And you're like, I like this about it, but not this. Or They're just uncomfortable. Well, today's sponsor, Honey Love, has revolutionized the bra game. It's real. Say goodbye to underwire and bulky fabrics that trap heat. Honey Love's bras feature supportive bonding that eliminates the need for underwire without sacrificing lift. It's cool. It's like these little, I can't even describe it, like these little bone things. And it's like, I don't know how they do it, but it's brilliant. Plus, they've made fabric that's so soft, it feels like second skin. So you immediately feel and see the difference. So it's next level comfortable. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash pants. Now, after you purchase, they ask you where you heard about them. Please, please support our show and tell them pants sent you. Honeylove.com slash pants. Treat yourself to honey love because you deserve it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, Lisa the Lesbo is really just Mr. Sensitivity. And that's kind of all I'm getting from him is that he speaks in a very low voice, very monotone and sensitive and really wants to hear what you're saying. And you're just so... He's like an empath. Yes. And Alice is just so taken aback because someone's actually listening to her and wants to know more. Listening and cares. I mean, that is nice for her. I don't think that happens that often. I understand the, the appeal. No, it doesn't. That's why Alice is starting to look at him twice. And then I think it's the next morning. Right. We're in your car. Shane's had a bender with Chris Kattan's twin brother, Harry Samchuk, and the gang. And she passed out in front of her. At least it's smart. I mean, she did decided to... Did you do to... Oxycontin? I hope yeah. not. Yeah, 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 that's what. Yeah, that's what it was. That's a, it's a serious storyline. No, she said, is this a popper? And he said, no, it's Oxy. Ugh, Shane. I know. But she was smart. At least she realized that she she didn't want to be late for work and figured, you know what? I'm going to park anywhere. It'll be outside of work. So my commute right. will be easier in the morning. And then you have this manager who obviously can't stand you. I love the manager. I wish he was around more. Right. But he doesn't like you. No, he doesn't. But I like how the scene opens on his face yelling through the little crack of the window. Yeah. I liked him. Anyway, and she's hung over and, you know, clearly she is the black sheep of the salon and you're right. She drives him crazy. After we see Shane, you know, stumble out of the car, there's a little time cut. And then we're back at the planet with Mr. Sensitivity, you and now and Tina's Tina. there. And he's reacting to Tina's pregnancy. Yeah, he's jealous. Yeah. He wants to feel what she's feeling or experience what she's experiencing. Which is kind of like, uh... Yeah, I mean, you know. It's all a stretch. It's all a stretch. But, you know, that's the scene. Yeah. And then we go to the roadside where Natty Gann is now giving a voiceover. Right. She's also holding a 7-Eleven bag. And there are so many. And then a car does eventually like pull over. And there were. Remember, we used to see Rose Lamb, the, um, the, the line producer, like like she'd like buy a new car and like. Like stuff would happen <laughs> where she was just getting really rich. And when I yeah. look back and I see these um, these sponsorships that the show got sometimes, mm-hmm. none of that was going in our pockets. No, we barely got an iPod. I don't think Showtime even. Yeah, right. But like, you know, we're, we're deep already. We're like Subaru, 7-Eleven. These are like corporations. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There are so many Mia-isms. In this moment of her walking to the car. Uh-huh. 
everything about it is a man. I love it. I love it. I just, I love it. I love Mia-isms. They're specific and nuanced and you got to know where to see them and they're brilliant. Yep. And it's the beginning of the tights. She's still got the tights. It's the beginning of the ripped tights, which only last, I think, the remainder of this season. And then she gets very couture, but um, yeah, she gets quite goth. She goes trash bag ripped tights for a Mm -hmm. while. Uh, like, okay. I, like I said, Alice in Chains cover album. And what did she get at 7-Eleven? What would Jenny buy at 7-Eleven? I want to know. Powdered donuts? Uh, I don't see Bet or Jenny going to 7-Eleven. Even if they, like, what do they pull over and grab? Well, she's desperate. She needs to get a water. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that's all you have. Okay. Well, it was rolled up. The bag was rolled up. I really wanted to know what was inside. Hmm. I don't know. And now we're back at the salon and now you see a blonde has wandered in and it's a woman named Ellie Zimmer. Right. Who is apparently a big Hollywood um, executive. Why did she come first and why did she ask for you instead of Sherry Jaffe? Well, I think Harry just told no, all think his friends. Must have. Uh, that's a good point. Um, I think... Harry told her to come and then for sure she says, I'm going to tell everyone. And that's how we get Sherry later on. So maybe in the how... first scene, he doesn't say, I'm going to tell Sherry about you. Maybe he says, I'm going to tell. No, he did say Sherry. in oh, the first scene. I, I remember hearing Sherry Jaffe's name. I wonder why um, they brought a woman in first before Sherry. What, what the point of that was. Maybe so it's not so obvious that she's going to go off and have an affair two episodes right. later. It's like a build up. Right. It's like a blonde woman build up. Right. And then Shane's passed out on the chair and she has Jesse camp hair for days. And um, Ellie's very enchanted by the Jesse camp hair. And And then you give her almost, you almost give her a Rachel from friends. It's almost a Rachel. Almost. It's obviously a wig. I'm sorry, but I could tell. You're right. It was. It's like a choppy little hairdo. Or was that her hair and she just because, came in with an extension? No, I think, oh, you think her long, no, I think her long hair was her real hair and the hair, the Shane think, haircut was probably a wig. I would think it's the I opposite. Because I can see them prepping it. I can see them prepping, like knowing that they, that Shane has right. to give a haircut. Right. Like oh, that week. Okay. So then. Yeah. She's going to go tell everybody. We're back on the, um. The roads of Natty Gann. And side of the road. And then she starts talking about her organ, her organs. First of all, Jenny makes her glands, <laughs> her sweetbreads, variety meats. That's what the big one. I was like, what is happening? But she's already in the car. Okay. Can we talk about what she writes first? I missed it because I need to talk about it. Uh, be, uh, the floor is yours. And I need to talk about the two people in the car. Okay. So what is she talking about? I'll give you my glands. I'll give you my sweetbreads. I don't know. Aren't sweetbreads no brains? Uh, sweetbreads. And then I'll give you. So it's everything. It's like everything more than her heart. So it's not just her heart. She's like, I also have this. I also She's have an appendix if you're interested. I have tonsils. <laughs> She's feeling guilty. I have an eardrum. So variety meats are all her organs. It's really disgusting. I'm sorry. Okay, go move on. The two people in the car, you have a a boy who's high on mushrooms and Jenny makes the uh, poor life decision of taking mushrooms with two complete strangers in an unknown car. She really took a mouthful too. She didn't just take one. I, I liked him. He was very sweet. He was just, he wants like, you know, he's high as a kite and, you know, he wants comfort and love and for whatever he climbs into the back seat and offers Jenny the bag. And then the girl driving, um, little piece of trivia, Anna saw this with this her was Hawkeye. Huge. Anna, we can we rewound it. We screamed. Is that if any of you have seen the documentary, um, we the talked about, about it, Kate, we've talked about it on the podcast. About Nixium. Okay. Well, yes. the girl driver is, uh, the girl from Nixium. Who, what was her name? Um, uh, uh, she was married to the, the, the other. Allison Mack. Nutty gr- yeah, the other nutty girl who got arrested. Uh, Nikki Allison Klein. Mack. No, but the girl in the car is Nikki Klein. 
Nikki yeah, Clyde. She's, she's the one who was married to Allison Mack. Yeah. Anyway, she was on the L word. So crazy. Wild. It's crazy to me. Because everybody, Thanks. you know it was running rampant up in Vancouver, that, that cult. Well, yeah, that was yeah. That's if where you haven't listened to that of... episode of ours, we we went off about it for a while, but mm-hmm. it was a yep, that was the it era. was a shock that none of us accidentally went to, for like a weekend seminar to Nixium. From the documentary on HBO, I don't know if at that point the that girl who was driving the car on our show was in it yet. She, yeah, I think that was later. However, it doesn't matter. Who cares? We had someone from the Nixium cult. I know, totally. <laughs> and you worked with someone who asked you to go. I did, yeah. Later in a later season. She so will we'll, remain we'll, nameless, we'll but that. yes, she will remain nameless. Um, I want to give credit also to Mia because this girl has the ability to conjure up tears whenever she wants. Yeah. She can really make her eyes look glassy, which is a, that's a, it's a skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then where do we go after this? We're in the car. This this storyline for me was so forced. Oh, and it Lisa, starts don't here. get me don't get me it started. Starts here. Please. Tina please. is at a Chinese herbalist doctor's office. Um, she's in the waiting room. There's another woman in the waiting room, and Marcus Allen walks in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how's the baby? And the the other woman in the office was Marcus Allen's girlfriend, who becomes very upset with Tina that she stole her boyfriend's sperm. That's I, right. I'm, I'm not on board already. I'm like this. No. And then for the rest of the episode, which we'll talk about but in detail. Can I, can I say yeah. one more thing about this moment is that. Marcus's wife gets really upset and oh, they wife, have an sorry. argument where the, 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 the person who runs the herbalist store is like, you all have to go. And so, you know, they all leave and Tina's walking out of the clinic and she's, and, and then we cut, she's flutter. about to, she's, she's about to walk out of the clinic and then it cuts to, I think it cuts then back to Jenny in the car and and the last thing I would ever want if I was on mushrooms is to hear Jenny's writing. That would really ruin oh, my high. It's the last thing I would need. But then it cuts back to Tina and she's still not out of the clinic yet. She's just walking out of it. It's a very odd cut. Oh, it was a bad edit. Yeah, it wasn't good. Okay. But, but in general, in general, it's bad. Yes, it is. Because then Tina, the the whole setup for the rest of the second half of the episode is that Tina's in, you know, fear of her life, really, because... No, no. For the rest of the episode, Tina's in the remake like of Freddy When a Stranger Kruger. Calls, and oh, okay. all of us are in the L word. Like, she's yeah. really... But let's get to those, those logistics okay. in a moment, because many thoughts on this. Okay. Um, we forgot to say earlier that Tina did not end up going to New York with Beth. Bet went alone. That was important, and we forgot to say that. So Tina's still in L.A. Bet's in New York. It's important. And then, and then we see uh, Bet, who's at Provocations in New York, which looks like Provocations in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And it's a roaring success. And um, Tina is back at the house, and she can't get a hold of Bet. And this is where she becomes. The the hero in When a Stranger Calls. Also, for the entire get, episode, nobody can get a hold of anybody. I have a couple of things to say about it. Well, thank so you. So Tina doesn't do have a cell phone? Well, That's I weird. Think the pro- she only has the house phone and Bet gets the cell phone? Well, here's my question. Here's oh, Our producer right. says okay, she so used she it uses, in the car. So she okay, has so the Tina cell phone. Tina uses it in the car, calls Bet. Bet, you got to call me back. Then when she gets home, Bet keeps returning the call later when she gets her messages. But here's the and thing. And we're all gathering around the answering well, machine. But here's the, this is what I don't, this is where the logistics are just like, I don't get this. Is that, okay, so they can't get, they're playing phone tag. They can't get a hold of one another. And Tina has all of her friends come over. So all of us come over one by one by one to keep her company. Why wouldn't Bet call one her. of us? 
Uh, yeah, exactly, Kate. First of all, call the cell phone back. Try the and then the call phone one that, of us, and then call one of the friends. Maybe leave a something on the voicemail because actually, actually, one of the characters because we left we leave a bunch of messages. Each one of us leaves a message for Tina, and we're saying in one of the messages to Tina, "Hey, Bet told me that I should come by and see you, so I'm going to come over around eight o'clock and we'll play poker, whatever it is." So why doesn't so why doesn't Bet just call us and then we put her on the phone? With Tina, it's all stupid. It's I don't all get stupid, it. and it's forced. I don't it's like forced. when. I, well, did we have a poker plan already? But or we're just like, oh, Tina's life is in danger. Let's go play poker at her house. All regardless night and sleep if there. we had a, regardless if we had poker plans, it still doesn't make an ounce of sense. I I agree, but I'm just trying to figure out what they wrote. So Bet did call us and say, "Please go check on Tina. I can't get a hold of her." However, so if Bet can't, get, but if Bet can't get in touch with Tina, then Bet can call one of her four or five friends and say, "Hey, can you call when you get to Tina's? When you get to the house?" There's too many people involved to not have the result that happened by the end, which is Bet left New York early because she couldn't get a hold of Tina. Like, there's too many factors that could have been a, a secondary outcome. The good news, though, of this whole thing is that Kit at least comes through the front door. Yes, Kit's that was front, a bonus. Front side Kit, yeah. Um, I love when Kit hangs out with the group of us. It feels like Auntie Kit, and I love it. I know it was. Um, and then Tim is back at the home of despair and cheating. Well, Tim is getting advice from the two, the last two people on earth I'd want to get advice from, which is Randy and his girlfriend. And he calls Jenny's mom. We need um, to figure out her, her name, Randy's. Margot Margo Kidder. Oh, I thought you were going to say what? Jenny's mom. Sorry. Jenny's mom was played by Margot Kidder in season no, two. No, I know. It was brilliant. Or season no, three. What Randy's wife's name is or girlfriend. I really, I'm going to miss them because I, I really enjoy <laughs> the awful <laughs> <laughs> um it's like a yeah, cameo so Tim, to me now i'm like ooh, they're back <laughs> <laughs> carolyn viagin carolyn and oh, randy. randy it's carolyn carolyn and randy um but anyway tim is calling um jenny's mom and says you're not gonna believe it but jenny's missing she's like i'm not shocked here's a situation um, where the mother should be showing up like my daughter's missing. I mean, that's a serious phone call to get. Well, she's not because she spoke to her on the phone. And that's what sends Tim over the edge is oh, that Jenny right. called her mom, but she didn't call him. And now that's he's right. pissed that really because he's him off. even feeling less significant than he already had been. That's um, a little ridiculous. It's her mother. You'd be like, yeah, oh, okay. she called her mom. Exa exactly. Okay. Then we're back in New York because we have to see what Bet's doing. Yeah, because um, Bet somehow can't cannot find a phone or any way to get in touch with Tina, and um, and there's an art lady who's really impressed. And this actress has gone on to do a million things. Yeah, and the, I the, couldn't the, place her the name. Fancy art lady. Um, mm -hmm. she she was impressed by Bet, and she said um, that she stole the show from under the Mocha's nose. Mm -hmm. It impressed her. So we're starting to see that Bet is like impressing people. And when we she get tries, to, yeah, when we get back to Tina's now, Laura and Dana are there and oh. they're being, I, I know they were written to be annoying, but they actually were annoying. Either they were a little too sticky sweet. Oh, it, like, I'm kind of, yeah. I'm just like, settle down ladies. I know. It was just like, but I get it because that's the intention. They wrote it like that for a reason. So we all could feel that way, but I actually felt that way. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. You can feel that. Did you not, did you not you want pick to. up on that? Did you not pick up on that at all? We were like, all right, gals. Well, to me, it was that thing that happens to lesbians when they first fall in love. It, you know, nobody else exists in the room. That's what I said. It's very yeah. common. Yeah, it's common. I know. And you're like, it was effective. Why'd then. you come? Why are you here? So I think it 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 sent the message. Yeah, for sure. And then all right, so um, we go to the planet. Then Tim storms in looking for Jenny, and it's Marina. She's there alone again. 
Their little like standoffs this. make me laugh now. I love them. I really, I really like this scene. I want like superhero music behind these scenes because they both kind of puff up. This is one of the few times I actually have agreed with Marina throughout the entire season so far. Because she says, you know, you know, Jenny's responsible for her own decisions. Like, yeah, you can get mad at me. Uh, no, come you can on. get mad at me, but I'm not your fiance. She's your fiance. You should be having this conversation with her. I'm not saying Marina's innocent. Absolutely not. But yeah, you can't say that. Thus far, she was my favorite. And then this. they kind of do like a chest bumpy thing, right? Like it's he grabs her wrist, which I was like, it's a little it was a little strong for me. The whole physical part. They reminded me of elk, you know, an elk like are yeah, like, exactly. kind of like trying to one up each other, and uh-huh. you see them hitting their 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 horns. Yeah, they reminded me of elk in the woods. Yeah, it was very like male male aggression, but she's a female, so when he grabbed her wrist, I didn't like it. It was too much. And Tim has that horrible line where he says, uh, "You know, you know, I know you slept with her, but doesn't even ca- does it even count?" And she says, "Well, you were there." Right. You saw it. Like Tim is not at his finest moment in this, but he's also at his wit's end. But yeah, but a... I don't want her to beat Marina up. I think that's kind no, of pushing it. No. no, no, not at all. And I don't think he would. But um, are they know. trying to show a... like, like he would be if he if Marina was a guy that had, you know, it's like that whole lesbian twist where he was like, if you were a guy, I'd beat you up. That you're a woman and I can't, but I'm so mad like a guy. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was what I mean. I, I just thought it was a solid scene. Like it was, it was effective. Like okay. You, you saw them really go head to head. I want and... someone to make a video of the all the Marina and Tim scenes with like Marvel action hero music behind it. I would enjoy that. If anybody's bored. All right, so then we're we're back at Bettina's. Lisa's in the bathroom, and so we all discuss um, that he's a lesbian man. Everyone's trying to break it down. It's a lot of raised eyebrows. Well, he's also in twenty twenty one. It would be called microaggressions towards Lisa because yes. uh, he's getting he's getting he's getting shamed, right? And yeah. in turn, shaming Alice as well because he came with you. Yeah, they're not they're not being very um, PC about the whole thing. By no means. This is, yeah, L word gone wrong here. Mm-hmm. They ask how he pees. Yeah, it's not a cute look. If he's transsexual, it's not good. And none of it's good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then they say I should, that Alice should, is, is she a trisexual now? It's all bad. You're right. It's micro shaming. It's terrible. And then everybody somehow agrees that because he has the rights of a white male, that he's choosing to become a second-class citizen by mm-hmm. becoming a lesbian. So everyone gives him props by the time he sits down. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. It's an odd scene. Tina is still, Tina's transitioned out of When a Stranger Calls and is now playing Laurie Strode in the original Halloween with the phone and the thing and the windows and all that. She's still yeah. in her own horror film. And what does she think that lady's going to do to her? I mean, she's very scared. This is very heightened. It's very heightened, but also that wife needs to be mad at Marcus, not Tina. Like, wrong place to divert your energy. Well, this is, okay, so that's the second time you're bringing this up. You think if something happens, an external event out of the relationship, you have to always take it home to the person. These two circumstances are different. Are we talking about Tim and Marina? Oh, she's just his girlfriend. Oh, that's not even, that they're not even married. Melissa's saying they're not even married. That's just Marcus's. Oh, shit. oh my God! Anyway, I okay. missed that. Okay, but those so are two apparently, dif- yeah, but two different. Wait, well, let's let's finish what you just said. Those are two different circumstances, though, right? I mean, Tina doesn't know didn't know that Marcus was in a relationship with someone. No, of course not. So you why would, would you get mad at he Tina? It all out. Yeah, but as for the Marina Jenny thing, yeah, Marina's playing a part in this, no question. I mean, she went over to their house for dinner, like she's you know, become friendly with Tim. Like she's, I'm not, she is no innocent bystander in this Marina. No, no, no. But the common thread there, whoever the common thread is in these circumstances, can't just, you can't just get mad. They deserve a lot of responsibility. 
Right. So right, this right. girl back to Marcus should be mad at Marcus, not at Tina. But Tina doesn't know that, Kate. I mean, she's just scared for her life. She feels like that. If Death Tina's is scared coming. for her life, then Tina's lived a very sheltered life. Well, I don't know. This I'm just watching the show. Tina okay. needs to get out of these Halloween remakes. Then we're back in the car. We're back in the car. Jenny's driving. Jenny's driving. Well, they've been in the car for like the entire fucking episode. I'm sure they I know, had but to Jenny's, switch out. She took, she took like a palm, like a handful. Her entire palm was full of mushrooms. Uh, yes, that is true. So the girl, the Nexium girl, tells Jenny not to listen to the GPS. <laughs> and the boy wishes he was Tim. Did he fall in love with Jenny because of her um, her writing? I, I, yeah, he I, did. I guess so. Yeah, People are very taken by Jenny's writing. Well, someone had to be. Yeah. And then we're back at. We're still in New York. Are we, Bet's still in New York. Yeah, Bet's listening to Tina's messages and she's calling the house and the mailbox is full. And then and then she's like, oh, uh, Peggy Peabody was throwing this big dinner, but she's like, I have to go. I have to go back to New York. Right. And so instead of I Bet, mean, come on. So so instead of Bet realizing that her mailbox is full and calling you or me or Dana or somebody, she decides to go and spend eight hours to get to the airport, go through security, fly back to LA because Cancel that's the logical, her big dinner. That's yeah, the that's logical, logical choice you make. Um, and then that night we're back at Tina's house and that's where Laura and Dana have the most indiscreet, indiscreet public sex. So freaking awkward. And cringy. And cringy. So I'm sleeping on a couch, you're sleeping on a couch, and Kit's sleeping on a, in a chair. We're all asleep. Laura and Dana are on the floor with a blanket and they just start like, they're like, let's do it. Come on, shh, no one will know. But it's, we're so close. And you remember the set. I mean, it's tiny. Mm -hmm. It's basically yeah. like we were sleeping right next to them and they decided to have sex. It's also a hundred degrees in that set too. Yeah, that was a hot set. There was a close up of Alice though. So when I saw that, I thought, hmm, foreshadowing. Yeah, I did look jealous. Did the writers know this the whole time and just I it's been under know. your this nose Kate, and you never bothered to ask? I I think it really was unfolding for me as the show was being written. I don't I never knew that we were gonna end up together. I remember you and Aaron were shocked by that when, when the finale there came must have for them. been things in parentheses like Alice looks upset or something, because why else would I play it that way? Or maybe they didn't tell you because you never bothered to ask. Well, I didn't know much back then. I was just like, listen, I was the same way. We didn't know any better to say, where is this leading? Or what's gonna going to happen at the end of the scene? <laughs> we would just get it. We, really we would get didn't. a script. No, you'd get and a script like, and okay, say, okay, those are yeah, my lines. Cool. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry now to say, like, Dana. And now we're just like, what's the like, arc? Yeah. When? Now we, yeah, what's you're right. Arc? Now we put everyone. What's happening? No. Yeah, we put everyone's nose to the grindstone to get, you know, answers of like, okay, if you're writing this, then where is it going? Right. Do you have an arc? Okay, okay so. <laughs> Dana and Laura. Marcus I, I, I shows don't wanna, up. Well, I don't want to harp no, on the Dana and Laura. No, we love them. We love them. Love them. It just was. They just. They were, there were a lot of forced moments in this episode. That's one of them. Yes. And then. Um, like it all felt a little clunky. Uh, and then Bet Was Bet well, in the Well, Marcus shows up. First of all, first well, of all, Marcus shows up and says, I was, I I'm was sorry, my girlfriend's a little much. We're not even that serious. Mm. And we're all like, whew, no murder tonight. Right. Yeah, I love how we're all so invested in this drama, too. Like we have nothing else going on in life. No, not at all. This drop of a we hat. We all came from who Tina. cares? We just are there for <laughs> Tina. Uh-huh. Um, and then when is Bet in the taxi with Gastown in the background? Is that? I don't know. Next. I mean, she left New York. So and then she magically appears. And, and then um, ding dong the next morning. I just want to say Bet must have had really strong tailwinds flying back to L.A. Because she was fast. She was fast. That was quick. 
Yeah. And we know like West Hollywood to LAX, it's a good 45 minutes on a good day. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, Tina sees all of us there. And although this is logistically ridiculous, I am team team bet in this story because Tina's acting like she's been stalked by Michael Myers for the last I know. 45 minutes. And we all believed it. Yeah. What was the plan if that woman showed up? What were, did we have a plan? I feel like if anybody would get rid of that lady, it would have been Kit. We had Jackie Brown in the house. But let's say that woman did show up at the door. What would she really do? That's what I'm saying. Why does it take eight people? Like what? Like forget about what we would do. What would she do? Yell a right. little bit. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe someone calls the cop and says someone's, you know, I want trespassing. That scene. I want to see the scene where she really did show up. Yeah. And then I would have understood the episode more. I have a question for you. Do you think this episode is a is the victim of a lot of rewrites? You know, sometimes like sometimes an episode gets passes, gets a pass mm -hmm. done by other writers. And by the by, so by then, when it gets into your hands and you it's have to shoot many it. hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I you do. kind of lose the yes. narrative. And I think the same. And it's also that episode. It's like episode six. So it's like they kind of got their footing and then maybe it got derailed for a minute and then they got back on track. Well, if we're on episode six slash seven, whatever the, whatever number this is, um, we have what, four or five more episodes left. Yeah. So this was like, so it's like the that episode. Midpoint. We're killing time right now. Something. I think you're right. It was something like that. Cause but it just I, kind of, it, it didn't flow like the other ones have. And also this is the first mm -hmm. time like Jenny's off and like, a completely separate world and bets off in a completely separate world. Like everyone got like taken away from each other. And then, but they're like, Oh, we still need the gang to be together though. So they mm -hmm. forced that storyline. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, but I'm, I'm glad Jenny, um, didn't, well, you she, know, so Jenny at the end of the episode, she gets, she gets dropped off at a, like a 1950s diner and she puts her, um, and Variety meets poem in the mailbox, and she didn't. Where'd she join the Nix And she didn't join the Nixium cult. That is the that is the great outcome that she didn't join Nixium. Keith Ranieri didn't get her didn't didn't get Jenny's her in his clutches. A perfect candidate to For join Keith that Ranieri. cult. Agreed. Agreed. But she mercifully got passed up and didn't off. have to. Mm -hmm. And that's but the yes. end of losing it. Not my favorite, but Not it's okay. Favorite. Yeah. You, 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 still, you can't love them all. No. Hits and misses. Yeah. 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 I didn't even notice the clothes in this episode. That's how discombobulated the whole thing was. Well, yeah, we have next week. Register with me. Next week, I think, uh, will be a better episode. Couldn't tell you what it is. We haven't gotten that far, but Here's to I'm willing to bet it's going to be better. Um, well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's recap of episode 106, the L Word original series on Showtime. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Manig, and Leisha Haley, produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox.